Happy less than one month to football season. Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your hosts, James Riley and Grace Prasniewski. Well, folks, can you believe we're just a few weeks away from Notre Dame football? I honestly cannot, but we're starting to actually have the the nice weather where it's not freakishly humid. So hopefully that, you know, takes us into football season. And I'm very exciting to witness the beginning of the Marcus Freeman era. Uh, And what Mm. better way to kick it off than a win over that school in Ohio? Oh, yeah, we won't mention that school in Ohio at all. We'll just say the state, Ohio, right? (laughs) Agreed, G. We've got the perfect guest joining us today to get us in the winning mindset. Please help us welcome to the show Digger O'Brien, Senior Director of Marketing Communications for the Notre Dame Alumni Association. Welcome, Digger. Thank you very much. Very pleased to be here. Yes, we are uh, live on location. First time that we've uh, kind of done this, I believe. We're sitting in beautiful downtown South Bend, Indiana on the corners of Jefferson and Main Street at the Java Cafe. If no one has ever been here before, it is right downtown. It's great coffee and great food. What do you guys think so far? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're hoping to do this a little more in the future, kind of highlight these awesome local spots, especially if you're new to Michiana or the South Bend area, kind of, yeah, highlight these awesome places. That's right, yeah. We're actually outside of the cafe so you may hear the traffic driving by some yes. delivery trucks and people going from a to b so apologies but hey we're, we're in the moment right now no doubt <laughs> <laughs> so digger can you tell us a little bit about your background where did you grow up sure i grew up outside of philadelphia in bucks county pa which is about 40 minutes north of philadelphia mm-hmm. and went to grade school high school there and then ended up at notre dame nice uh, my brother was a year older than me. He started the tradition, and then I showed up too. And both of us are proud Dylanites. Dylanites. Nice. nice. Okay. Uh, so, what was your first experience with Notre Dame? Um, what brought your brother and sort of then drew you? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what you know. What drew me was he went there, and so it mm-hmm. sort of made sense. I did the typical, you know, BC, St. Joe's, Villanova, app, you know, Catholic applications from Philadelphia, and. Um, he ended up here, and I, I do remember my first football game. He was here, and I was in, you know, the year behind in high school, and uh, I just remember walking up the ramp to the seat and just that that moment, and, um, you know, it, it never leaves you. That's right, yes. Totally can, can get with that. So, Digger, how was your time here as a student? You had a roommate, I understand, who's no stranger to university relations. <laughs> Mike's oh, no, he, sorry. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. He was not my roommate, no. Um, okay. But that's okay. He was a year behind me, Mike Sullivan. Uh, we became very good friends. But, yes, he's also a Dylanite, and he was that's a local right. guy. Grew up in South Bend. His dad played here. Blocked for Paul Horning. Yes. We're having some audio issues, so please forgive us with this. We're kind of getting used to being outdoors, I think, and the microphone's kind of jumping in and out. So we'll see if we can correct that in post. Sure, fix it in post. <laughs> we'll do it live. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so Mike Sullivan, um, I got to know in Dillon Hall. And, um, yeah, so he was the one that told me about the uh, position opening, the, uh, reporting to Dolly at the uh. Alumni Association. So that's kind of how I ended up here. But, um, yeah, a lot of great friends from Dillon Hall. In fact, we were away this weekend with some friends from Dillon Hall. And um, Tony Rice and the, gr- and the late, great Dean Brown. Good man, good man. Um, 
That's right. We're also Dylanites, so That's right. um, yeah. Dean was uh, was he seventy seven? His number, his jersey I think number. So I, yeah, well actually, yeah, I'll check because I have a picture of him, nice. me and him on the field after the Fiesta Bowl Gosh, championship. Wow. After we stormed the field, I saw him and uh, got a nice picture with him. That's awesome. Good dude. Uh, so, what were you looking to pursue after college? I didn't know. You know, mm. I kind of woke up and like and thought, okay, everyone's. Uh, interviewing, okay, I'm an English major, what do you do with that? How does one angle for a career with an English major? I didn't know if I had any, you know, (laughs) career path, and so what I did was I decided to punt. I took my gap year after college, Uh but it wasn't a punt. I I did a year of volunteer teaching that Notre Dame ran in Mm -hmm. the South Bronx, and so um, I did that, and then, you know, thought about grad school did grad school for a year in creative writing you know didn't didn't really take to that and then all of a sudden one day I saw um, a show on the dream team the NBA dream team in the Olympics and I saw something called NBA entertainment Secaucus New Jersey and I thought what was that so I hounded them for a year and got a job (laughs) as an assistant tape librarian nice back when there were videotapes wow what did that entail? I shelved the video like they were books, you know, and the, the producers, the editors would take the tapes and edit with them, and I would put them back in the right order and okay. get give them to them when they needed them. So it was, you know. For our Gen Z colleagues, a videotape <laughs> is a square black. Rectangular in nature, yes. That's right. Oh, my goodness. That reminds me of just going to Blockbuster Video to right. go pick out videos back in the day. And I... Yes, just and a moment. Nothing wor- and, 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 yes. and back then, obviously, before streaming, you could be out of that video. Yes, yes, you'd have to they wait. they had the picture there, yep. and you didn't know if the tape was behind it. Nope. So you'd go to this, um, I don't know, what was it? It would have been a Jim Carrey movie, I guess, back then or something, <laughs> or a whatever. And the mask. You, right, you'd run up to that tape, uh, and you'd look, and the, there was no actual. Nope cassette behind be it. like a library book you couldn't get it because someone had it you know yeah. and now i get upset when my netflix show doesn't start right away when i, <laughs> when I click on it unbelievable so digger you were with i believe nfl films for maybe 20 years or so yes. can you tell us about that experience it was wonderful um i worked for steve sable, who, steve sable. Um, mm-hmm. you know his father started nfl films the league bought it right after so it was not you know it seems like a mom and pop thing but it wasn't it was always part of the league since 1960 two-ish, 65, and, um, you know, working for him was just extraordinary because there's not a lot of people that got to work for the person that invented their industry, Mm. and he pretty much invented sports storytelling the way we know it. That's right. So it was was wonderful, a lot of great friends. Um, I'm going to say that, um, that, you know, there's a lot of producers at Notre Dame, I mean, at at NFL Films, and um, Notre Dame has a very good contingent, and they're... I'm not just saying this, they're absolutely the best, mm-hmm. most creative producers we had. We had about five or six people from Notre Dame, four, five, six from Penn, some Dukies, some Northwestern, mm-hmm. um, and Notre Dame consistently, I think, was the uh, best producers, the men and women from Notre Dame. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> uh, so in your career, you've seen some pretty memorable sporting events. Is there any moment or a particular game that really sticks out to you that you mm-hmm. witnessed? Uh, yes, I went to a lot of Super Bowls. Um, the funny thing, but one of my most memorable things was watching the Eagles-Bears Fog Bowl 
from a bar in Tempe, Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl. We flew out for the Fiesta Bowl to to be at the game, and that actual Fog Bowl game was um, on that weekend. But, yeah, I went to a lot of great Super Bowls, interviewed um, really fun and interesting people, Peyton and Brett Favre, and and did a lot of really – the most memorable stories were kind of like typically the non-professional kind of – you know, heart and soul kind of storytelling about people overcoming adversity and, and mm-hmm. things like that that NFL Films got to do a lot of. And I was fortunate to do a lot of times is those kind of stories. Um, but honestly, I think the most memorable thing at Films was um, one of my first pieces that I pitched um, has a Notre Dame connection. I loved poetry because of John Mathias, a professor hmm. at Notre Dame. And I really fell in love with James Wright, the poet, from his teaching. And he has a poem about high school football in Ohio. And so I pitched that as a piece. And I got to interview the Poet Laureate of the United States, Robert Hass, um, at Cal Berkeley in the late 90s, early 2000s. And um, the other thing I did with my Notre Dame connections is often pitch Notre Dame stories. So in the late 90s, I pitched a piece on Inner Hall because no one believed that there was actual tackle football. (laughs) So I did that piece, and then um, five or seven years later, did one on Mike Ruffer, who was the kicker, who Mm -hmm. came from Inner Hall, and did a piece on him. And then um, also, I guess it was 2012, right, uh, pitched uh, the folks at Films and the folks at Notre Dame, Dan Skenzel and others, Mm -hmm. um, on the idea of doing like a one-week hard knocks with the team. So... Um, I directed a show for NBC that aired. Uh, we embedded with the team from the Michigan night game win wow. for the week through and then shot the Shamrock game in Chicago against Miami, and then it aired the next week. Oh, gee. Okay. Was that Michigan game, that was 2015, was it? Or? I thought it was 2012. What's the year we were oh, undefeated and then lost to Alabama? Oh, yeah, that was 12. Around yeah. 2012. Okay. Yeah, been Michigan 11, been won the last Uh-oh. Michigan Notre Dame. Uh-oh. Did they really? Just putting it out. Are you sure about that? Speaker might not know. I have it. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I have a good <laughs> Michigan football story. One of my good friends, Steve Dempsey from Dillon Hall, who's a cardiologist, was getting married, and um, he was getting married in Connecticut. A couple years after we graduated, we were young, and um, it was kind of one of those receptions where it was a lot of different rooms, not one big room, and so. The Michigan game was on, so all of us were in the room with the TV, <laughs> and it was the mother-daughter, I mean, the uh, mother-son dance, so Demps is dancing with his mother, and mm. it's the Desmond Howard laying out for the catch. Oh, sure, and sure. And doing the Heisman yes. pose, and during this beautiful, teary-eyed moment in the other room, there was a commotion and broken glass and a lot of swear words from the other room <laughs> at, at, at that moment during the slow <laughs> song so wow yeah. <laughs> that's a notre dame moment <laughs> uh so so digger your your work earned some pretty notable accolades including multiple emmy awards uh how did it feel to win that first one the first one was very 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 cool because it was a couple years i had only started in 95 so i think it was 98 and um mm. yeah that was that was great um the only thing about it was I remember I was going to bring it home when I got it and put it in a box and wrap it and, you know, yeah. my, my wife and maybe my parents if they're home. And anyway, some guy from work, 
friend of mine um, had called home and was talking to my wife and said, hey, how about Digger and his first Emmys? <laughs> um, a couple weeks before that, so it ruined it. But it was, it was great. Thank you. Is it heavy, the, the actual they Emmy? Are, they are actually very, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they, wow. um, the big wings, you could slice bagels with them. Oh, gee. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. What? Probably not, but it looks like you could. Yes. Let's just say that you can. You yeah, can, just... yeah, yeah. They're very uh, sharp. Well, you've talked a little bit about how sort of your Notre Dame network brought you back to your current position, but can you tell us a little bit more about what drew you back to Notre Dame and specifically the Notre Dame Alumni Association? Oh, 100%. That's easy. It was, it was simply what an opportunity to give back. I mean, this place is the reason I did anything I ever did. Hmm. Um whether it's the NBA or NFL films or working for the league office and the, mm-hmm. and the great pieces I got to do and working for Steve Sable and all that. It, 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 there's no doubt it came from Notre Dame. And, in fact, um, I'll do a shout-out to Kerry Temple in Notre Dame magazine when oh, I was yeah. um, at the NBA. I wanted to work for NFL films because that was my first love. And um, I'm looking in the back of Notre Dame magazine when I'm working for the NBA, and in the back class notes it says... Greg Coe's 89 wins another Emmy for NFL Films. And I'm like, hey, I, I, don't, I didn't know this guy, but he's my class. I'll write him a letter or call him, and I did both. And he said, sure, send me your resume. And all of a sudden, I got an interview with uh, Bob Ryan and Steve Sable, and boom, I was down there. So wow. connection. So when I talked to Dolly Duffy and she explained what the purpose of the position was to engage alumni and tell their great stories and essentially be a mirror mm-hmm. and, and use what skills I have to hear these stories and put them back out there to the world like a mirror and just get them out there so everyone can see. It, it seemed like there was no possible way to say no to that uh, sure. because I owe everything to this place. Wow. That's awesome, man. Great story. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Sure. Now, obviously, you're not recording a podcast on the grace of giving every single day, which would be totally awesome. (laughs) But can you take us through a typical day of your work and your role? Sure, absolutely. So I've been there since December. And um, when I came aboard, we had some positions to fill. And so we're finally um, completely filled. So, Mm. um, you know, every, every day, thank you, every day is different. I would say that it's, it's, it's a percentage is trying to work on the strategy and do the um, make sure the urgent doesn't crowd out the important and trying to always carve out time to say what should we be doing what direction should we be sailing what big things you know should we be planning while also doing the blocking and tackling of every day having things to um, write and oversee and look at and, and banners to make and graphics to make and a request from the spirituality program or reunion or whatever is going on sure. and getting those things done and done at a high level. Um, so it's a combination of, of both, but really the, you know, the way I understand my job um, is that we're here to engage the alumni for engagement's sake, to tell their great stories and to raise everyone's affinity level. If they're mm. indifferent about Notre Dame, have them care a little bit. If they care a little bit, have them care more. If they're lukewarm, get them to warm. If they're pumped, get them to really pumped. And just take everyone where they're at and raise them up a level by 
seeing a story or watching a video or mm -hmm. reading one of Dolly's emails in Echoes and things like that. And or, you know, when they get the daily gospel reflection from Dan Allen's group yes. that, that, and how we can help amplify that and get more people to know about that, to grow in their faith and their love of Notre Dame. And that's the job. Shout out to Dan Allen and his team, that faith in D and the, the oh, gospel sure. reflection every every morning. It's just I've, I'm hearing more and more from people saying that that's their go to. That's the first thing that they read in the morning. And actually, we saw some uh, data from mm. University Relations that says it's extraordinarily high up there in terms of what matters to people wow. um, in the alumni community. That's so, great. Yeah, they, they do a fantastic job, and obviously Sacred Places the last couple of years with the, mm -hmm. the videos, and that'll continue this year. Um, mm. They do a great job. Fantastic. I'm getting on a moving locomotive. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Digger, you mentioned that your team has uh, sort of finally filled out mm -hmm. or at least for right now right um but uh can you tell us a little bit about your team specifically and and how they work together with the wider alumni association i would love to uh the alumni association has i guess about you know, 35 38 employees mm -hmm. and um dolly duffy obviously runs it class of 84 the best class ever <laughs> according to dolly and lou and others that's right um and there are, I would say, uh, but there's four kind of departments, if you will. There's the marketing communications, um, and then there's programs, which has events like reunion and leadership conference and spirituality and, uh, you know, with Faith ND mm -hmm. and the Daily Gospel and Sacred Places and, and spirituality and service. They also do the family volunteer camp and things like oh, that, right. um, which is awesome, by the way. I mean, um, oh, yeah. I remember talking to... Joel Curran, our, our new communications czar, and, you know, it's just, you know, it, it, everyone's just can't believe that people on their own dime come back mm -hmm. with their family to do service. Right. Uh, I mean, isn't that awesome? Right. That, that's just, that, that's all you need to know about. Do, they, do you know if they, do they have to turn down people because there's yes. so many people? That's, I think I did hear that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in wow. fact, in fact, Dan has a great idea that they're kind of want to do like a uh, a road kind of traveling, if you will, like mm. try to get it going in local communities. Wow. Um, and again, that talk about it just sort of just rippling out. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so within programs, there's also the clubs and um, all the, what, whatever, there's almost 300 clubs, mm -hmm. in, you know, uh, throughout America and the world. And then there's um, the, uh, I guess you would call it, uh, adult education programming and um things like think nd which is the great uh website and and where you go to learn more it's not for credit but it's just a way to stay enriched and stay mm -hmm. um close to what's going on in campus through academics right. and also irish compass which is the linkedin of notre dame where only notre dame alumni can be in it and as we all know it's there is no better alumni group that will help you even if they don't know who you are. Just the fact mm. that you went there just like they did helps. And then also there's affinity groups, which I think is awesome. The Alumni Association has nine affinity groups within it. Uh, I think the first one was ND Women Connect that mm. started, uh, you know, over 10 years ago, let's say. And um, so there's nine of them, and I may forget some, but there's um, an affinity group for uh, – Asian Pacific Islander, the API group. There's Hispanic alumni, black alumni, mm -hmm. senior ND. Uh, I know I'm going to forget. Native American. Native American. 
um, and also um, ARC, which is the alum, Alumni Rainbow Community, mm-hmm. which just celebrated its one-year anniversary a couple wow. weeks ago. That's great. So it's a fantastic thing where different affinity groups within the Alumni Association, it, it just helps everyone, and it, it's so wonderful that Dolly and the Alumni Association started these and embraces these groups and helps them stay connected so i think it i think it's great and then the other two um areas are information technology and also business operations so mm. those are the four and my team marketing communications is great. we just hired our coordinator nice stephanie washington who's a legend who's now with development <laughs> um, right. she was the coordinator previously before i got there and we just hired a young woman named eleanor hansen who was the saint mary's college class president last year oh, wow. cool. and wow. just graduated and then we hired a new writer because joanne norrell our writer um was promoted to a content strategy role so ali griffith who is also a notre dame grad came back she's our writer and like i said joanne norrell runs uh content and courtney quinlan who's also a st mary's graduate mm-hmm. runs our social media Brittany jaso does tremendous work with our graphics and graphic design. Chris Palmquist is the head of all the project management. He's also a Notre Dame grad. And Molly Lineberg was just hired uh, about two months ago. She runs our affinity marketing program, which is um, things like uh, the, the Christmas ornament and our um, relationships with uh, revenue streams like the, the credit card and the debit card and Liberty mm-hmm. Mutual and things like that. So, And Ileana Contreras, who runs our young alumni Right. And current students, and she just joined in January right after me, and that's the team. And I am grateful beyond measure of <laughs> of not only who was on board when I got here, but who we ended up hiring. So um, that's right. Can't ask for a better team. Got to be honest with Where you. Where does did you mention the travel? The, like the Irish I, oh you know I did not uh, travel is under events I apologize yes. that okay. yeah when I mentioned events uh, there is uh, uh, the the travel and that's where okay. yeah that's another thing people don't realize that there's a um, you know the traveling Irish where you can look online and there's all these great destinations and you go on these uh, trips and it's mostly it's not exclusively but it's going to be mostly Notre Dame alum or parents mm. or friends or people with a Notre Dame connection and you know when you go on this trip there's going to be mass on Sunday and there may be a priest with you and there's service projects so it's it's mm-hmm. it's what everyone's looking for from the Notre Dame community plus a great vacation destination. I tell you I get those brochures in the mail you know once a month and then I'm like okay here's another bucket list you know? <laughs> Another part of the world I want to go see. That's absolutely right. <laughs> so, Digger. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward pause. Uh, what are some of the projects or initiatives that your teams are working on that you're particularly excited about? Wow. So, a lot of the things that I've... Um, obviously, when we want to get some things going that haven't been done before. Mm. Um, but I'm just really impressed with the things that have been done before that we're going to be doing... Uh, more, I didn't know what a UND celebration was yes. um, when I when I got here, and I just sort of jumped on board with the January. But we're planning next year's UND celebrations. We're talking about next year's sacred places and talking about how maybe we kind of rethink it as a franchise and think of like a, a franchise title, and then each year mm. it's something after the colon after the franchise title, and ha- have it be different things places 
Um, you know, they did they did chapels, they did places. You could right. do sights, sounds. You could do songs. You could do stories. Um, all kinds of different things. And, um, you know, we, we just want to, um, social media is really important, obviously between mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we're, um, looking into launching a TikTok account, which, which could be great, wow. especially for our young alumni. Sure. And, um, you know, that th- we have so many subscribers and so many followers, subscribers to our emails and Dolly's emails and followers to our social, that that is a critical area where we want to ramp up the content and um, especially in video because that's just where every, everyone's consuming video and that's the more engaging medium and there's just so many you know we, we did a Mother's Day videos this year for the first time um, we definitely want to do some you know club awareness and affinity group awareness so people know that they're out there and it's more than awareness it's not it's you know you want to do more than just say this exists it's like this exists and this is why it's awesome Mm. and the easy part is that it is awesome (laughs) so therefore it's easy to make it seem awesome you mentioned uh social media uh and the the three biggies the twitter the Facebook and, and Instagram. Is there a Snapchat? Does do we have a Snapchat channel at all? Is that or is that we, even we a do thing? not? I'm no. not sure. That's a thing anymore. But um, <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll check. I don't. The shade. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, would you like us to do a MySpace account? <laughs> oh my god! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> is that crickets? <laughs> Those are crickets. Nice. I didn't mean to push that button. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know where you're going with that. But. No, um, uh, obviously all of, you know, we just want to be on the most popular ones. Yeah. And we are. And TikTok is one that is sort of um, eating everyone's lunch. So That's we right. have to right. you know, really look into that. But obviously the, 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 the concern or the, the hard part is sometimes these um, social media channels are very much user-generated content and... and um, you know, obviously, you want to have some sort of um, say in what's going up on your channel. So there's there's a fine line between opening it up and saying anyone could put something on there because obviously, you know, a, a, a small percentage of it might not be what you want. So, but we will we will get there, and um, you know, it's all for the good. It's all like we have we're like we're here at Notre Dame. The way I look at it is, you're already on second base. Mm. It's a great school. Everyone loves it. You know, most people that went here love it. There's, there's huge, you know, amounts of, of fans. And even if you're not a fan, most people have a great deal of respect for Notre Dame. So, you know, we're not starting, you know, from scratch. From here. scratch here, we're we're already on second base with an extraordinary base of alumni, parents, and friends um, mm-hmm. who are doing, who are forces for good in the world. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is get the mirror out and and reflect what they're doing out to the rest of the world. And, you know, and it'll be good for the world. Love it. Digger, who or what has been the biggest influence on your professional life and leadership style? Hmm. Um... Uh, you know, several. I've I've worked for a lot of of great bosses, and um, you know, I think a lot of it always comes back to Steve Sable, who I would not say is someone who went by the um, you know Harvard Business Review kind of um, catalog of of how to manage. But there were certain things that, if you were paying attention, 
that he was very good at, and it was him that built NFL Films into what Sports Illustrated called the greatest marketing vehicle mm. in American history. Wow. And whether that's right or not, but 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 it, it did have a lot to do with the popularity of NFL football. And the one thing I always remember about Steve is, and he passed away a few years ago, mm. um, unfortunately, and uh, he always looked for everyone's superpower because he always thought everyone had one Mm -hmm. and if you can you can't always because maybe you're a smaller department or whatever but at nfl films he would look for your superpower and try to allow you to do that and not do your kryptonite Uh, if that's a way to put it so that is that is one thing i definitely learned from him he let me do the you know i was always doing the the, the comedy specials. I was always doing the tearjerker, you know, from the heart stories. I wasn't the X's and O guy. Um, never did any of those kind of stories or things. And um, so I think that that's just a good lesson. But again, you know, sometimes you're in a department or an area where it's only so many people and that person's superpower is one thing, but they have to do something else. Well, then you, you know, you work with it, you figure it out. But, um, he, he was a good person to learn from. And just, I would say that learning from my friends from Notre Dame, just, mm-hmm. just how they've carried themselves, what they've done in business and in education and in medicine and how they've been as parents and, and husbands and wives. And I'll include my St. Mary's friends as well. Um, you know, just because you don't have to work next to someone to learn something that's useful for work. Right. Children, stay away from kryptonite. Lesson learned okay. there. No doubt. No Good doubt. Call. We're sitting outside of Java Cafe for the first time on location. It's a beautiful day here in downtown South Bend. I'm enjoying an iced Americano. Gee, what do you have? I have an iced coffee with a shot of blackberry syrup. Oh. Very good. That sounds very engaging. Yeah. So if you've not been down to Java Cafe, please come down and check them out patronize them it's a wonderful place uh they're not sponsoring this at all we just thought we'd record for whatever they hear this that's right they might want to there you go i like the way you think there digger tell us about your family oh it's quite quite a crew Uh, (laughs) we moved out here in january um and my wife is getting used to it Mm. um you know we're both lifelong east coasters i you know graduated Went to teach in the South Bronx. Did a year in Chicago of graduate school, but otherwise worked in Philly area in New York my whole life. She's from southern New Jersey. Her parents are still with us. She has sisters back there. So it's been an interesting transition, but we're getting there. And I have four children. And the oldest is uh, 25. She graduated from GW. Tried to really talk her into pushing for Notre Dame, and she said... You know, we, we, we t- she wanted to go to an urban school, so we looked at NYU wow. yeah, that's and urban. GW, and I was like, I don't get it. This isn't college. Where's the football stadium? And, <laughs> and she's like, I want to do things. I want to, like, you know, uh, be, you know, I want to intern on the hill and do that. I'm like, no, college is for laying out on the quad and thinking about doing that. <laughs> but um, I couldn't convince her. So she went to GW, and then we have uh, 20-year-old twins, Grace and Frederick. Grace will be a freshman at St. Mary's next year. All right. So she she has an interesting route. She um, obviously went to college at 18, um, went to Temple University, 
pandemic started, had to go home right away, didn't take well to, like most kids, to the, you know, tele-education, mm-hmm. uh, virtual education. And so um, I kind of convinced her, just just work for a semester until this is over. Mm-hmm. And uh, two years later, <laughs> um, we moved here, and now she's going to be a freshman um, wow, after this, working at Starbucks for a year and a half. Yes. This August? Or, yes, this, this, wow. in next week, right, right. in a couple days. We are in August, I think we folks. move her in Thursday. <laughs> I should probably know that. I think we move her in this Thursday. And her twin brother is Frederick. He's also 20 years old. He has autism and mental retardation. He's um, not going to, to college, but um, he's really having fun here because um, the great thing about moving here, which is why we thought it was a good idea for the family, is um, with Special Olympics and Best Buddies and things like that mm. that the university runs through the students, you have this great, your ba- if your backyard is campus, you have this 8,000 and, you know, 10,000 with St. Mary's um, undergraduates who, um, you know, might be doing Best Buddies or Special Olympics or something. So, you know, he had such a great time in the spring with Special Olympics, like the, the softball team had them out. Wow. And, this, and they got to pick a song for their walk-up song. Yes. My son picked a Sesame Street song. Nice. And, um, you know, the, 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 the cheerleading squad had them, you know, teaching them how to yell through the megaphone and run around with the flag and the soccer and the lacrosse team. And so it's, it's been fantastic. <laughs> and, um, and then our youngest is 13. He was adopted from Ethiopia, and he's, he'll be an eighth grader. At St. Joe Grade School, right, wow. right down the street right from where we street. are. Yes. So that that's our crew. It's beautiful. It's a good who, crew. Who has between you and your wife? Who has the thicker East Coast accent? Uh, probably me, but we both say water with a D. <laughs> you know, that's right. Get down to Wawa for some cokes and a smoke. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, we we definitely both have it. So, but it's so, not as bad as a Baltimore <laughs> accent. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we have had quite a few. Pittsburghers, yes, Pittsburgh. Yinzers. Yinzers, that's right. Yes, that's right. We, we had a, is there any sort of odd Philadelphian word that really only people from Philadelphia use? Hoagie. Oh, a sandwich, yeah, right? Sandwich. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a hoagie. It's, it's not a sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> what, what am I talking about? Um, you know, we say sneakers, where some people say tennis shoes. Yes. Yep. It's not pop, it's soda. It's soda. It's okay. water with a D. With a D. <laughs> Whenever somebody calls me on saying pop, I'm like, that's what it's called. Like, I don't know what to tell you. End of conversation. (laughs) Uh, So in addition to your work with NFL Films, you're also a published author. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your book, Pointing is Rude, One Father's Story of Autism, Adoption, and Acceptance? Mm. Sure. That was a thing that, um, you know, I was a... Always a very good writer growing up, and it's what I wanted to pursue. And went to graduate school for creative writing, and then you know thought about magazine writing or report. And um, the thing about NFL films is Steve would only hire men and women who were really good writers, who knew, as he put it, a little bit about a lot. Mm. He wanted their knowledge to be you know, 10 miles wide and an inch deep, know a little bit about everything and very typically had no film or television background. And he taught him how to be filmmakers. So he, you know, even though I didn't go into quote writing, writing is the backbone of NFL film. So in some ways I feel like I did go into writing. So when my son was diagnosed, um, 
with autism, I kind of wanted an outlet, so I started writing some things down, and I thought maybe this could be a good magazine article, and I sent it to a friend of mine who is a uh, Notre Dame grad. She was two years behind me, Carolyn Hagen, and um, she said, Digger, this is really good. You should do something more with it. So what I ended up doing is just writing in the mornings before work and every now and then on the weekends, and just I wrote in the same way, big truck, big truck. I wrote in the same way that I would cut shows, which is I would take a topic, edit it, make it right for what it was, and then put it aside. And then when I started piling things up, decide how it became an hour-long story. And so I just wrote down incidents and things and, and anecdotes and things we went through and started collecting them. And I thought, maybe this could be a book. So I did it the, op- the way you're not supposed to do it. I wrote the book and then said, oh, maybe I can get an agent and a publisher and so I queried, you know, 100 agents and got one and um, he got a publisher and the book was published. And it, um, I've gotten some really good feedback, especially from um, parents and especially men who, you know, said, oh, I didn't know I was allowed to feel like this. Wow. Um, and it won a Kirkus Reviews Books of the Year hmm. um, when it was published and um, has some good people blurbing it as the publishing, you know, jargon is. And, um, you know, it was just, I think it's kind of my proudest accomplishment other than parenting uh, because I didn't have to do it. It Mm. wasn't a deadline at work. It wasn't something I did for work. It was, was, let's see what this could be. That's right. And it turned into something. Mm. And um, I'd say the um, the funniest comment I got about the book was I had a couple I had a real editor look at it and, and cut it down because I you know Steve Sable always said the key to storytelling is you need a great beginning a great ending and make them as close together as possible. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so um, I wanted to make sure this was not a tome like a giant you know book. So uh, I had a real editor take it down for about one hundred twenty thousand words to ninety five thousand and. Um, mm-hmm. But one, one person, a friend of mine, a creative at NFL Films, uh, read the book and said, which I took as a compliment, halfway through the book, I said, there's no way this guy is going to adopt. And I already knew you adopted. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great compliment. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Gee. quite, a, uh, quite an adventure we went on. <laughs> I heard that, you know, from other authors that once you complete a book and you get all those thoughts out of your head that uh, that more thoughts kind of can come in because you've gotten all those down in one book. So sure. are there other books in your future that you're thinking about writing in the, you know, in the near future? I don't think so. I don't no. think my, my wife would go for that. I don't know that um, <laughs> I don't know that I have the time. But, yeah, I don't know if there is a sequel other than the fact that, you know, it's just interesting what's going to happen to a special needs kid who um, is not going to live an independent life and what that looks like, mm-hmm. not just for me, but for the hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people in America and around the world who have a child who is not going to be able to take care of themselves. And at some point, you would hope that you're going to be gone before they are. Mm-hmm. And then what? Mm-hmm. And in fact, I did a um, uh, Fighting Hour Studios at Dan Skensel asked me to do a first time fans film a couple years ago where they have... Notre Dame alumni direct a film about someone going to their first game. And there's some really good wow. ones. Um, uh, Pat Creeden, who is uh, the director of Hesburgh, and a Dylanite, a friend of mine from the same year. Um, 
you know, he did one, and Greg Coase, who was at NFL Films, did one about a, um, a fan who was blind and coming to his first Notre Dame football game and what that experience was like and how he took it in and processed it. And so I did a first-time fans film on my two boys going to their first Notre Dame game, and the kind of the theme of it was what happens when Frederick falls off the cliff in a year when he's 21 years old and the school and he ages out of school. What happens then? What happens to all these kids and, and how how do the parents process it? How do they handle it? How do they handle it if they don't have means or um, or the knowledge to deal with it if they're not in the right area or place, uh, whether it's you know in this country or another country and how you know and how we could all do better in figuring out how to handle this issue. Mm-hmm. I think that that leads us really well into this last question we have for you, where when you think about your personal life, your professional life, sort of everything that has led you up to this moment, and when you look into the future, what do you hope your legacy is? Hmm. I hope... It's interesting. I hope... Um, I don't know if this is the wrong way to put it. I'm not... I hope I'm the type of person who doesn't think about what their legacy is. And I just do it and hope my kids, you know, respect me and turn into, you know, I, I, the way I would put it is I remember in grade school in like third or fourth grade, there was this hymn. They will know we are Christians by our love. I don't know if you remember that one. They that will know that's a good we one. are Christians <laughs> by our love. By our love. Our love. It's one of those, you know, 70s acoustic, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I remember a nun I had in grade school talking about that. And she explained it, that what this song means is that it's saying they will know who we are by how we act. Mm-hmm. Like it's that we don't have to talk about Jesus. We don't have to proselytize. It's like they look over there and say, Hey, I like the cut of their jib. I like how they're living. I like how they act and I want to be like them. So I think that legacy wise, I think if, if people said, you raised good kids and you um, did well with Frederick and you gave back to university that, you know, hopefully they say, I like the cut of his jib. Nice. Nice. I think we have a title of our episode here. (laughs) (laughs) I've never sailed, by the way. (laughs) Well, Digger, thank you so much for for talking with with us today and joining us here at the nice Java Cafe in downtown South Bend. It's been so nice to get to know you better and learn about you and your work at the Alumni Association. But before we wrap up here, we're going to throw you a quick take five your way. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this? North or South Dining Hall? South. Oh. No, that's one of the questions we always ask. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Best meal you've ever had? Pizza from the East Coast. Mm. Movie that always makes you laugh? Fletch. Mm-hmm. Least favorite pizza topping. Ooh. Oh, the uh, the fish one, anchovy. Mm-hmm. Best advice you've received. Nope. I think the quote from before from Steve Sable. Mm. Have a great beginning and a great ending and make them as close together as possible. <laughs> Which maybe you should have done with this podcast. No, I'm kidding. Because I'm kidding. <laughs> I've been talking for 45 minutes. No, I'm kidding. Last question. This is also a bit of a throwback. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Mm. Wow. It wouldn't be flying because I'm afraid of heights. Like, I couldn't do Superman stuff. 
Um, you know, time travel. I'd like to go back in time. Sure. That'd be cool. It's always a good one. Go visit, yeah. you know, go to a Bob Dylan concert in 1964 or something, or, you know, go meet Jesus or Abe Lincoln. That'd yeah. be fun. That'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be fun. <laughs> well, Digger, thanks so much for joining us today. We had a great time, and we hope you did, too. I did. Thank you very much. This is awesome. Appreciate it. James, I don't think we could win an Emmy. No? Well, being a podcast, probably not. But I do think we could win a Grammy with this banger. If there's anyone on the Grammy uh, nomination committee out there, holler at us. (laughs) All right, well, folks, thanks for listening to the Grace of Giving podcast. I'm James Riley. And I'm Grace Krasniewski. And this has been the Grace of Giving podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And remember... Stay golden.